0: Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ed Greer. I'm Ron Swallow. And I am producer Bill. And today, a lot of people ship stuff, a lot of people talk about relationships in a certain way, but we are talking about the greatest lovers. And I do kind of want to start in comics, you know, because I think those get a little short shrift, but comics are such a soap opera, they're really prone to have these long romances.
1: I like yep. the idea, too, that just because it's the greatest lovers, it doesn't necessarily have to be a long romance. It could just be mm-hmm. ships passing in the night, as they say, and some of those are pretty mm-hmm. fun as well.
2: There's so much <laughs> fan fiction written by so many relationships that have only happened once on one page or one kiss, and they're like, well, what else happened? Let me write this really dirty uh, fanfic for you guys.
1: I got to tell you, around the time like that the, the first Avengers movie came out, there was an artist, and I don't even remember on what media, it might have even been on Tumblr back in back in those Halcyon days of the early 2010s. Um, <laughs> but somebody went really deep on the idea of a Steve Rogers Pepper Potts romance. Um, uh-huh. and specifically, like the Chris Evans, Gwyneth Paltrow versions from the movies. And the whole idea was that like, she broke up with Tony and Steve was like trying to get his bearings. And maybe he tried dating black widow for a while, but like this artist just did, I want to say they were just like one panel gag comics or, and maybe some of them were longer where they really leaned into Steve being an artist and trying to process things that way. And like Pepper had all this patience because she's so used to dealing with Tony, but it was this very sweet sort of treatment of a relationship that never existed anywhere in the comics or the movies and I, I I don't know it's just my way of giving it up like ships sometimes get a bad rap but that sort of fanfic can be very gratifying. Who did you think should have banged
0: uh, Ron when you were like okay I'm watching stuff these people need to bang and they didn't bang because like a lot of times when they present people who can bang they mm. do bang to the point where now so many people. I've tuned out of relationships in movies that they don't, they hate like why every movie has to have like, you know, we're, 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 we're um trapped in a terrorist situation. We have to fall in love. You know what I'm saying? Like people are kind of tiring of that. People are tiring of sex scenes. And I think a lot of them are prudish little weirdos born of this super politically correct time. But maybe people are kind of getting to where like, maybe love us don't need to be in everything, but when they are in something, it could be really dope.
2: Obviously happy and black widow.
1: I mean, you know what he deserves a break happy he yeah Yeah. and and i guess i guess he got with aunt may they implied for some sort of a situationship as the kids Mm -hmm. are calling it nowadays but Mm uh that didn't end well for him and he was not in a good place he needs a break that happy
0: even like one good time did he get like jack off to forevermore
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) You
2: you get yeah. with Black Widow one time. Um, I'd also be um remiss if I didn't bring in some supernatural action. Oh boy. And you guys won't even know who these two well, you'll know Dean, but then it's I'm doing something different than you know, your Dean castiel or your in your your what do they call it, Wincest. I'm not doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you is guys don't know it?
2: You, you guys don't know about wincest oh my do they god
0: have a term for the brothers bagging each other in that charger
2: they oh sure boy. do it's oh not boy. a charger you watch your fucking mouth that is, is an impala is? all right uh, uh, and oh, you know please what please. now i've changed it to dean fucking the impala so because <laughs> that is the thing that he loves the most no uh it's dean and sheriff mills who's uh deep into the end of Supernatural is just this great character, Dean with an older lady. That's just sounds great.
1: I'm gonna hopscotch your taboo, Ron, and go straight to Clark and Lex in Smallville. Just needed Ooh. to get over with already. You know what? So much <laughs> sexual tension. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, so much. Uh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> that is 100% correct.
1: Oh my,
0: god. oh my god. Lex Luthor loses his hair because he gets his shit ripped off by Clark. And <laughs> <laughs> a <bit> of <laughs> Like, oh, my bad. I was just pulling his hair. Then, oh, my
2: power. Oh,
0: oh, no. Dude, he wears okay. like a, a kryptonite suit so he can withstand the, the blows.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, well, I'm sure at some point in this conversation, we're going to go deep on that old Larry Niven article. But, um, yeah, Peter Parker uh, with everybody. Anybody
2: he's ever been with, he doesn't deserve, but it is also totally deserves. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, a lot of his chicks are weird, though, because it's like, like, like the black cat thing. Yeah, she's just so punishingly derivative, you know, of Catwoman that I never really ever bought it. I did like that temporarily she had bad luck powers and like her and Peter being like the bad luck kids. Mm. That period of comics was all right. You know what I mean? Fucking Al Milgram covers and shit like that. That that weird period was kind of interesting.
1: I feel like not too long after that, Silver Sable became a recurring character in the Spider-Man comics. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. know that they ever pushed some kind of will they, won't they there, but I remember always feeling like that would almost be the better version of the Black Cat thing because mm-hmm. it would be, it would still be like the forbidden, I'm going to hook up with my frenemy sort of thing. But Silver Sable felt like a more... Or uh, let's just say a less derivative, if not a better character than Black Cat.
0: Fair. Yeah, yeah. Like she was like a she was like a Nick Fury of a private army.
1: Exactly. That's she what was, was so cool about Silver Sable. She was like the dude who just tried to march into the Kremlin and depose Putin, and then they they came to some sort of a a detente over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the temerity. Oh, I, I, I wonder sorry. if it got recorded on a dash cam. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I just wanted to confirm, Ed, are you not aware of the attempted coup in Russia? No, dude. I've oh. been like walking around, living
0: lives, s- sucking on a chili dog down by the Tasty Freeze. <laughs> by the way, you're, you're probably
2: better off. No, it is the better country. thing to do. You should 100% do that. <laughs> well, but it but is for- wildly entertaining.
1: This was some wild shit because, like, ever since the invasion of Crimea, Russia has like quietly employed an extrajudicial mercenary army run by a group of neo-Nazis and like just kind of is like there in case they need to do war crimes. And (laughs) apparently, I mean, obviously these guys have been deployed in parts of Ukraine, but apparently Russian forces were starting to get into skirmishes. They call it the Wagner group. It's essentially like Russian Blackwater, but it's all confirmed neo-Nazis. So they started to get into skirmishes with the Wagner group. So this billionaire oligarch essentially ordered his forces to march on Moscow. And it wasn't until the dictator of Romania came in to broker a peace and offer a safe haven to the guy who now is obviously no longer welcome in Russia that they stood down. So this like just happened over the past three days with some wild shit. I have always felt that if doom could get over his weird fixation with Sue storm, like, it would be an interesting take on Dr. Doom that he's just slaying supervillain ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. He's so charming. with the, Yeah, keeps the mask on. And not even that he's charming necessarily. Like, maybe it's kind of gross. Like, it's I'll do you a favor because I run a country and have access to all mm-hmm. this power and resources. But you got to do me a favor. But then it turns out okay because he's, like, the world's greatest lover. And so now he has all these, like, like Titania and, like, supervillain chicks who are sort of like, you know, Doom's kind of got it going on despite that weird face thing he's, go, he's got going.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm feeling this because, like, there's a chick. I mean, what look. Was her name? Volcana. Yeah, was yeah, the, yeah. The, she she was that like, so, volcano chick and she was down with Titania just to met, and dude, they were both thickums, dude. Oh, yeah, wow, and they were these unitards. It was like, dude, he just he's just banging them both out with his just his, his helmet on and no other clothes
2: and he's he's got all kinds of, you know, extra toys connected to his suit. He's using <laughs> magic for orgasms <laughs> and stuff at the same time, you know? I mean, it's like, I
0: hope this honors the memory of my mother trapped in hell, oh hell. and <laughs>
2: <laughs> not what you want to hear from your lover but no you know, no ever. he's just thinking that it's just a thought bubble
0: the doom bots come in and be like uh sir
1: you're scaring the hose you know <laughs> <laughs> look I, we've gotten far afield all i'm saying is i just i would draw the scene where victor von doom and some Fen fatale are in bed and he's naked except for his fucking mask, <laughs> and they're just winding the sheets with each other and having some sort of we're-gonna-destroy-the-world-together post-coital conversation. I think it'd be amazing. That would be yep. pretty great. So should we get into some uh,
2: some of the traditional ones uh, and and talk about some some already pretty cool love stories that have happened?
0: I want to start off on a negative note. I think Sue and Reed Richards are super overblown. I love okay. the fact that she's like with them, but I think it's a sense of inertia mm-hmm. and the fact that he's like, oh, you know, I just think she really I just finished watching Barry and he had this chick that was with him the whole series, even though he was a total insane idiot. And I mean, both of those, he was absolutely insane and he was absolutely provably an idiot through every single scene in the, in the shit. And that was part of the joke of the show is like he kept getting acting roles, stuff started happening for him, just being this blank slate tabula rasa Right, and it worked for him because of certain factors. He he believed in himself because he did. He was too dumb to not. This chick is with him the whole time, and it's revealed later in the series that um, she's with him because she feels safe. And mm. I really think that that's a big. I think that's a big part of the Reed and Sue thing. Like I think Sue no know, knows going out in the world. Yes, she has force fields. Yes, she has all this shit. But if the shit goes down, there ain't no better place than baxter building <laughs> you know what i'm saying and her brother kicks it with the fucking the, the pilot guy and it, it just seems it's a very homey thing and then the kids she just sort of rooted there but i just think i i fantasize about stories of her being super spy being a super spy there's comics where she goes off on her own super spy missions and comes back and the family's none the wiser i i kind of love all of that stuff and i think in my heart i ship her with adventure I ship Sue storm with adventure rather than this domesticated watch this guy play with lava lamp, Kirby bubbles, all the fucking time. Shit.
1: I will say to that though, I think you can have your cake and eat it too. Because one of the things I've always liked about the Sue and Reed romance is that it never got into that stayed place of like, everything is perfect between them and their love will Mm. go on forever and conquer the stars. Like they're the one married couple in comics that were actually allowed to have like problems in their marriage. Like mm-hmm. they they almost have the most realistic marriage in comics because obviously Reed is terminally neglectful and always making dumb decisions that threatens to tear apart their family. And then meanwhile, Sue is always getting, you know, whether it's Namor, Doom, somebody else, like she's always getting propositioned by other mm-hmm. dudes. Like, she's always got some of her own thing going on. She's, like, aware of the fact that Reed is not quite all there and, like, has to sort of, you know, compensate for that. Mm -hmm. And not that that's always been handled well either, but I like the fact that, like, their story as a couple didn't end when they got married. And I think, you know, you could push that even further because now there is that precedent for it. And do some of what you're talking about, Ed, where it's Mm -hmm. like, she is a little bit out from under his shadow doing her own thing. And like, maybe that strains their marriage and they do not need to figure out a new status quo because that's how long-term relationships work anyway. So, you know, mm-hmm. I like, yeah. That.
2: And that's obviously polyamory. No, let Jesus, do this. Okay. Sorry, <laughs>
1: the, poly, the superhero polycule. Just, oh like those, uh, just like those, just like those crypto
0: kids. Well, you can't tell me the <laughs> Avengers haven't all fucked each other. Like, and, 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 oh, and sure. I
1: think that's why
0: T'Challa was never a full time member. He was like, these white folks get freaky after dark, man. It's a Wonder, Wonder <laughs> Man, Wonder Man, just flying around with his his them old jets that he used to have on his hips. Dude. But that's all he got on. It's, it's like uh, the boys and shit. Yeah, I, I uh, the fucking beast, that blue beast from that era of the Avengers, is jumping me? around.
1: Meanwhile, the robot with Wonder Man's mind is in a committed relationship with this weird goth chick. Like, what is even happening over there? Yeah.
0: Uh, that's another one I never bought. And we talked about it on on oh our our Doppelgang greatest doppelgangers episode. Uh, talking yeah. about how like Vision and, and Scarlet Witch are supposed to be such a great love, but it's never really represented in the movies, just sort of hand waved in the comic books. It's like even more tragic because it's like Wonder Man really dug her. And then mm-hmm. Vision just stole his idea, basically because because Vision has Wonder Man's uh, thought whatever waves in his head. Ah, it's just so funny, like that whole thing. I, I think it's supposed to make Vision cool, but it never really worked for me. I would love Scarlet Witch to be in love with somebody cool. Like I don't know why him and um or I don't know why her and um Doctor Strange are such enemies all the time. I think mm-hmm. a love triangle with her, Doctor Strange, and Clea. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, or like, yeah, fuck it. Clea and Clea and Scarlet Witch have a love triangle. The fucking doctor is like, hey, ladies, I got to break this up. You <laughs> know you gotta, what I mean?
2: Got to be honest, if you could uh if you could do cross pollination with D.C., I mean, Constantine and Scarlet Witch.
1: Mm. He would he would just break her heart, though. That's what he, yeah, he would. And then <laughs> yeah. and then she, she would, would just, kill him. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it'd be no more magicians or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of kids parties get get better all, of, <laughs> all over the nation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: nah, dude, you don't understand. As soon as you get rid of magicians, you want to know who starts doing kids parties? Clown. Comedians. Oh, shit. <laughs> Trying to do their cleanest material for eight year olds. Dude,
1: yeah. I, got, I got a
0: hot I got a hot five For Peppa Pig
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pulling out that Paw Patrol material When you're not Getting it from the crowd It's got to go Deep into the arsenal <laughs> Oh shit Hey What's up with Thomas man
0: You know what I'm saying <laughs> It's strange But uh, uh, But yeah I think You know what We talked about Titania A before I just want to do Some of the least Lesser known ones Up top And the people Will is. listen To get to like Gene and, and Scott Or whatever But like I think I've always liked Titania and uh, Absorbing Man. Mm. I just think it works. Like Absorbing Man is like one of the only dudes who can like get strong enough to handle her. He like fights Thor and shit, and she's just she doesn't care that he's a former criminal because she's a former criminal. You know what I'm saying? They got that in common, and they just they kind of have this really like. Sometimes you see, I I I started to work out, and I see workout couples. And you just see these two beasts come in sometimes these yes. ju- just two beasts come in together and they got giant jugs of water and big bags and they're they're together the whole time doing all the same exercises and the chick is doing slightly less on the upper body and slightly more on the lower on the lower body and you just watch <laughs> them work out the whole time and it's just like they're just these beasts these magnificent beasts and i think uh Absorbing Man and Titania are like that. I would love to write a comic where they actually run shit for five minutes so they realize they're too stupid and well, then they get I, deposed or something.
1: I, I was gonna say, dude, that I think one of the other things that makes that work is like they're just dumb enough that living like essentially parallel lifestyles is enough compatibility for them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. there's not more going on there, so it's just like, oh yeah, this works. I mean, that's I and there's something sweet about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like st- 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 severe stay in your laneism. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're really staying in their lane. I think that's cool. Yeah,
2: it's like knowing wh- who you actually can date. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, oh, this works. I'm, I'm. This is not above <laughs> my. This is not above my brain pay grade or my
1: looks pay grade. Let's do this. I was gonna say they're both like LA fives, so you know they find each other. <laughs> guys. For this. Yeah. I mean, I uh, don't man, Titania, she's like, I, she's like a saying. solid seven. Yeah. You know I,
2: that's
1: <laughs> true. I mean, to be fair, absorbing man, you know, he's no slouch. Like he's, uh, Oh yeah. Well, he's rough. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's, he, he's so buff. And I, I just think he yeah, had like a fugly man with a great body and a tall ass woman with big fat boobs. that can like throw a truck. I think they're just fine. I think they'd get a lot of tender swipes. I just don't think anybody could handle either of them. You know what I'm saying? They have this sort of thuggish charm that they share. And Mm -hmm. I think that I think I am really into this relationship. The more we talk about this, I think it's I think it's really cool. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, not to branch too quick into movies, but like, okay, Clarence and Alabama in True Romance. Oh, they were perfectly matched. She worked in a comic book store and thought he was a badass. She was a hooker for three days or probably more like three months. But, you know, she was a hooker for like three months and was like getting, you know, weirded out by the life and found a guy to fall in love with on a trick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? On a, mm-hmm. on a job, she falls in love with the guy and leaves her pimp, and then he goes and uh, spoiler alert, kills her pimp, and they go on the run trying to sell coke. And uh, they're just so dumb that the, the dumb fucker would get in that adventure that they're on, mm-hmm. and they are just dumb enough to survive said adventure. Like, and she's just she's a feisty little fireball, but she's not smart enough to get out of this situation. So while she's in it, she might as well be able to beat up James Gandolfini in a hotel room to save her own life. Clarence can't save it, he's out talking about Elvis at the chicken shack. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just this perfectly matched couple in the movie, they're not superheroes, they're just regular kids, you know what I'm saying? John Cougar Mellicamp song type motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> I think that gets into a uh, kind of a, a larger point about what makes these pop pop culture romances work, and certainly in a lot of cases, that that dumb adventure version of love. Like Mm. two people with no prospects and directionless and we find each other and suddenly it just like supercharges us in some direction, even if it's not healthy. And there's something that's, I mean, I think first of all, we can all relate to that. Like we've all had that relationship or two, or even just sort of a ship's passing in the night, you know, encounter with another person that sort of took us off on that path, hopefully in our younger days, but not always. And and two, it's such a great driver for drama because it's like if you're going to be a pop culture couple, there needs to be a great story engine behind your romance. Like it can't just be this boring, hey, you're nice and I'm nice and I guess we're just going to hang out together. The fact that it's like, no, circumstances throw us together. And then the fact that we meet sends us careening on some spiral. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's not the healthiest thing. Romance in psychological terms, but it makes for a great story.
2: The, what you would want in your real life, which is you're nice, I'm nice, we laugh together and have a good time, let's just keep hanging out. Right. That that's a terrible story. I guess if you make that, if you make those characters the the two together and their relationship is solid, but everything else around them is chaos, and it's them together solving the problem. I guess that's that's still pretty good.
1: It, it just strikes me as being a little bit like Barry Allen, Iris West and like Barry Allen's been taking a lot of shots on this podcast lately and right. <laughs> so, so here's another one. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like I just, I, there's something about the superhero romance of just like, well, life's crazy, but I always got my gal. That's so, <laughs> it's just such a nothing burger to me.
0: How about this then? Does mary jane Uh basically qualify as the filet mignon version of that Mm -hmm. i would posit yes because this constant port in the storm this super hot come get it tiger bullshit that the hottest girl on the block comes over to your house and wants you and wants to steal you from the hot ass blonde that you were. it's just like i don't know man she seems really poochy to me after a while you know what i'm saying like this just super super cool cat on a skateboard rolls up yeah let me jazz this up you know what i mean i just it, and she survived a long time got to be his wife and shit she's a constant and the whole lore and everything but it's just like mm, i don't know man like what did she really ever do and when she was in a relationship with him and she was an, uh, a model and shit. They always hung that over Peter like, man, she could be getting fucked by stable people who aren't dodging bullets all day like yeah. that. She could be getting fucked all day by stable millionaires who are cool and, and in her profession and understand what she's trying to do and not bogging her down with, oh, yeah, the lizard almost chopped my arm off. I got to fucking soak in the tub for 15 hours and stuff. But bring me some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Thank you. None of that bullshit. She's just rubbing a guy's back on the Aegean Sea. That could be her <laughs> fucking life. But she's tending to your fucking wounds, stitching you up like goddamn Mar from Sin City and shit from your goofy adventures. And then going for a super modeling gig that pays for your whole life because all you do is take pictures of yourself. Like he literally held her back for fucking 40 years of continuity. I <laughs> just hate it.
2: Ron, do you have thoughts on that? Well, that's why I like Mary Jane in the video game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although they made her a reporter, a plucky yeah. reporter oh, no. that jumps into danger. Come on, man! It's Which, like geez, uh, it is
2: clearly stolen from who we we uh, will eventually get to, but we're not doing right now because right. that's <sighs> later in the in the thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was better as she was better at at that because she was doing something. In the comics, she doesn't usually do something. Maybe they should re, like, okay, guys, this is a challenge for you. retcon Mary Jane to be more useful? Does she have powers or is she a detective? Is she, what does she do?
0: (laughs) She's a detective. She works with Luke
1: Cage. (laughs) Maybe she's hard boiled from hell's kitchen. Um, (laughs) I think even before going down that road, I I just wanted to bring up um, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, their legendary partnership. They did a series. I believe it was Spider-Man Blue. Um, And they did, you know, it's sort of in the vein of their long Halloween, but they did this series of Marvel. I think they did Hulk, Spider-Man, Daredevil, and maybe Captain America, where it's like looking at the early days of these characters. I guess it's more in the vein of what they did with Superman for all seasons. But they structured their Spider-Man story around how Peter and Mary Jane's romance kind of blossomed despite or in the wake of Gwen Stacy's death. And mm, and to me, that sort of cemented Mary Jane's place because, like, they very much portrayed her in college as, like, Harry Osborn's girlfriend, very tumultuous. She's a party girl and doesn't want to have any... It doesn't want to be tied down to anybody, this and that. And then, like, she is there to comfort Peter when Gwen dies. And in so doing, you find out more about her past with her abusive father. Um, you know, the idea that like sort of this good time party girl is just a very, is very much a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her and Peter, you know, whether it's codependent or not, you can, you can analyze, but it's essentially like her and Peter find sort of a source of stability for each other And I think it, I mean, it almost acknowledges that like she does have a little bit of that savor complex. Like she needs to have somebody to take care of. She's not going to be with a stable guy because Mm. she needs that chaos in her life. And similarly, like Peter needs somebody who is going to be able to like give him the leeway to be a total fuck up and be Spider-Man. And like, so he's not going to be with necessarily a stable person. And I don't know, to me, I've always kind of appreciated that, like, without each other, like, I could see Mary Jane going down the Frank Miller, Karen Page hole, right? Where, like, <laughs> you know, she develops a coke habit while she's out on those modeling jobs. And next thing you know, she hasn't slept for three days and blah, blah. blah. And so, like, I, you know, I don't know that she's necessarily this amazing person being held back by Peter, I sort of feel like they help each other find a baseline and maybe she's smart enough to recognize that in herself. And that's why that relationship has always kind of worked for me.
2: Well, I mean, Mary Jane's Mm. greatest power is like understanding human beings and empathy. I mean, that one you're talking about, the Spider-Man blue, Mm. he, she catches she catches Peter talking about Gwen Stacy in it into like a microphone. He's just sort of retelling the, the, the Gwen Stacy story and how they met and how he loved her and how much he misses her. And it's on fucking Valentine's Day. So he mm-hmm. kind of oh, looks shit. like a prick. And at the same time, though, she overhears him. And instead of being mad, like you would expect, he, she goes, I understand. I, I miss her, too. Mm. And and tell her tell her I say hi. And that's like the end of the book. And that's beautiful because it's the type of thing that someone who truly loves you understands that you truly loving somebody else at some point in your life doesn't diminish the love that you have for them right now.
1: So agree. Mm. agree. I also found that super affecting. Um, yeah. and, and again, it, it's just part of that idea, right? That it's like, she is uniquely suited to, kind of care for Peter Parker. And I think in some ways, Peter Parker is uniquely suited to care for her. And I do agree that it can often be portrayed as a little bit too much like she's mothering this man baby. But I think in the, in the best circumstances, that's not really the case. So it's, you know, it very much depends on the writer too.
0: No, I think, I think that is a, that's a great point because like I said, I think a lot of what I've seen is that just mewling, crummy or I I could be doing so much dope shit and not worry about you and like oh blah. or like she said she just sits worried for a panel after slim Todd McFarlane panel after slim Todd McFarlane right. panel just worrying about Peter and it's like oh for Christ you know but yeah the best versions are better than that.
1: It is interesting though the Todd McFarlane era was really where she became like the hottest chick you could possibly imagine, right? Like she was, she was always portrayed as being like out of Peter's league, but then Todd McFarlane comes along and suddenly she's like the hottest model in New York and she's got hair up to here in that great (laughs) eighties way. And it's like, and it's just, and she's like constantly all sexual. And it really felt more like she became this, this weird fantasy object for like, Anybody who's going to identify with Peter Parker, let's throw them the bone of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're a sad sack and luck never breaks your way, but you get to go home and bang the hottest chick around.
0: Yep. yeah yeah that was the extreme uh yeah late 80s early 90s extreme uh-huh. they extremed mary jane because even eric larson who like I, i'm not dissing eric larson on any level him drawing chicks ain't necessarily necessarily a strong suit but he was drawing the hell out of mary jane with this giant hair this giant head these big lips it mm-hmm. was like it's like uh yeah uh, she's like a fembot or something. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I definitely dig where I, I get what you're dropping down. I, I, I never had any great love for Gwen. Obviously spider Gwen is like totally just because I wasn't in the Ramita era. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that damn old. i right. reading sixties comics at the time or nothing. And, and they, you know, I read anyway, the bottom line is in comic books, there are many iterations of couples. Are you guys particularly moved by Ollie and Dinah Lance? black canary and the green arrow
2: i <laughs> can i just feel like you know what's crazy this is just my opinion ali is a billionaire who can shoot arrows at like a like at anything that moves with cool toys and all this other stuff and honest black canary is still out of his fucking league and he does not deserve her. <laughs> hot that's a, wrong. That's, hot, that's hot a literally what I think. I just don't think he is worthy. Yeah, I don't think he's as cool as her, or huh. as hot as like the way he's drawn. I just no. <laughs> I, Dude, his stupid Van Dyke doesn't
1: get you. Get you <laughs> don't no. think
0: that would make her.
1: You know. I will say out of the obligatory DC romances, cause it feels like DC really set that template where every superhero has to have his gal. No. Oh, um, yeah. I think, I think green arrow and black Canary works best for me. And that's maybe only because of the way their relationship was portrayed on the justice league unlimited cartoon series. Uh, yeah. that was a good portrayal. That's yeah. yeah. where like, it actually did feel like this super like it was it was like legitimately sexy as much as you can be in a in a cartoon aimed at kids. Like yeah. they had this will they won't they? There was this weird power struggle between them because like she was by far a more badass fighter, but he was also, you know, more street wise and had more means being a billionaire. So it's like he could kind of play situations better than her. And then like They just neither one of them was like willing to admit their weaknesses to the other. And that sort of I mean, it really was like a My Girl or His Girl Friday or whatever that old, you know, um, template for like the fast talking, always bickering. But they really love each other. Couple is I saw it with Ali and Dinah in that cartoon in a way that like. Barry and Iris, or Hal Jordan and Carol Ferris, or whoever the fuck, like it never really, never really grabbed me. So, okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with Ali and Dinah. How about you, Ed?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I think Black Canary is too good for everybody. I personally <laughs> need to see that, uh, uh, Black Canary, um, black canary and bronze tiger baby black and Ooh. bronze brave and bold and they're just off kicking ass and he's like man my dad raised me militant i can't be falling for this white hoe but her judo is so good i can't i can't i can't deny it you know we're, we're soul mates and and uh it's just i just feel like there there is like a whole martial arts underworld where i would love ships there like um I, I, you know that stroke's too far gone but like Lady Shiva why can't she bang some guy maybe Lady Shiva and bronze tiger maybe that's the one it's like la- lady Shiva never got to like she got I guess banged out by like Kane or whatever but beyond that and maybe she banged the question back in the days although she mostly seemed to be like a dominatrix to the question like mm-hmm. you would never <laughs> yeah. be able to time to climb this mountain ever
2: hey
1: to be clear that's kind of a relationship. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little kink in comics. And I mean, yeah, if not if, at we're all. Talk, if we're talking like uh, sadistic Arc assassins, Christ. they probably are going to have a little bit of a kink.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I just think and also, you know, OK, let's let's rank Batman's girlfriends. Let's I, just, the way. I
1: wanted to get into Batman. All right, let's do it.
0: So, OK, uh, I think the best. Designed one ever with Silver Saint Cloud. I know that nobody likes her. I know she's an empty character. She had silver hair with like a black streak in it, and she looked really cool. And that's it, because I I, obviously Catwoman has more personality. All these different women, but like as far as the just goofy girlfriend they threw at him, Silver Saint Cloud was really good. I think she was she Mm -hmm. was a great great design. Like I said, they never give her a real woman besides Catwoman, really. But uh, I liked her design. And I like the way that they played the uh, Silver St. Cloud was the one who deduced that Batman was Batman because she like really looked at his face and saw his chin and stuff because she'd been so intimate with him. She was like, oh, my God, Batman is Bruce Wayne. And she like deduced it on her own. So that, that was another feather in her cap.
1: I can respect that. I mean, I I really and again, I, I just mentioned it. But the, the Bruce, Tim, Paul Dini, Alan Burnett. Uh, creation of Andrea Beaumont in Batman mask of the phantasm oh, to me, yeah. is so head and shoulders above any of those other sort of like fly by night girlfriends that they gave Bruce Wayne, just an amazing character and like the, the tragedy of their love story of like Bruce Wayne rest, like really wrestling hard with You know, this person actually makes me like that when he's in front of his parents graves and he's like, I didn't count on being happy and like makes the decision. I can give up my vow for this person and then she fucking leaves him. It's unbelievable storytelling and like it's just such a twist of the knife in like the whole Batman origin. Like it made Batman's origin better by shoehorning a girlfriend in there. Interesting
0: nice i think that's cool just I, I, one thing i love about that is like they both decide to like avenge in the night in a different way it's just like that's always i love i love batman and somebody who flips around and i guess catwoman most of the time mm-hmm. but like in this andrea that's so great and I, I love the daredevil electra thing like anybody who goes out and does the exact same stuff together jumping around all that kind of shit like spider spider gwen and any spider-man from from hobie to miles to fucking just the dude from india i don't give a shit like uh, like like spider gwen and another spider-man jumping around it's just delectable you know what i'm saying you could watch two hours of 20 minutes of it
1: i mean there's something there's something that's sort of like peak wish fulfillment of you know not just being the superhero who can save the girl but being the superhero who can do something awesome that nobody else can do except for the person that you're in love with Mm -hmm. and like getting that like that becomes your special thing so the idea of it being you know web slinging across the rooftops together like there is something pretty kind of magical about that
0: yeah totally and you know who never got a really good do also Mm -hmm. as a batman girlfriend i gotta say Talia Al Ghul keeps mm. getting shafted, man. Because mm. they, they fucking make her super evil. I stole your fucking seed, and I made a baby in an arcane. In that book that she got knocked up, the Jerry Bingham drawn, I think Mike W. Barr written, uh, Batman Son of the Demon, where basically Rachel Ghoul grabbed Rachel Ghoul's got a big plan. He's trying to fight this dude named Quayne who's trying to do some shit that's even so fucked up that Rachel Ghoul doesn't want it to happen. And then Batman gets drafted into like basically to train Rachel ghouls guys up so that they can fight this ultimate evil. And during that period, him and Talia get down and really like love each other and get like basically married. And I guess he shoots up the club because uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the book, they fucking uh, give away their baby. Like Talia acts like she lost it in one of yeah. the battles, but then she gives it away to this nice family or whatever. And like that's just a nice girl who has an overbearing dad. And yes, he was trained in the League of Assassinship and shit like that. But like, she's so close to Batman as far as like trained since you were a baby to be super ill. It's so much closer. Like, when, when Talia beats the shit out of, uh, when Talia and Lady Shiva beat the shit out of Catwoman, I love it. Cause I mm. love that clear line of delineation. Like, you're not dope like these girls. <laughs> these girls will fuck you up for real. You jump around and Batman lets you play around and, and, and claw him a couple times because he's into it. But these bitches are not into it, and they will fuck you up. You are not on this super bat level like this. You know what I mean? Batman's scared
2: of these girls. you know what's interesting is this dude i'm I'm looking through some of the Batman relationships, and Batman has pretty much made out with everybody. <laughs>
0: Well, he's, I mean, he's got he's got that Wolverine thing we talked about a couple episodes does. ago about like Black Canary,
2: yeah, Harley Quinn. He made out with Harley Quinn a couple times. Mm. Uh, he made out with Julia Pennyworth, the daughter of Alfred.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, Alfred. Do we? we I, I almost forgot. Alfred. Alfred has a biracial daughter out there who's like uh, a computer whiz. Apparently, that they she was like in the books and then gone. I don't know what happened to her. In the same uh, place, place that was a harold where did she
0: put the yeah. same place that harold the, harold. the, the, the hunchback went
1: <laughs> he exactly. even dated
2: he even dated lois lane
1: well dude that like again fucking the dc animated universe apparently did relationships well because i go back to that batman superman three-parter that they did where they met each other for the first time that shit was awesome where he shows up and just casually romances Lois Lane. I fucking love that. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Um and, uh,
2: and Wonder Woman. They made out with Wonder Woman. He yeah, they love
0: to play they love to play that part up. I I, I just think she was just like, you know what, what's this like? You know, what you know, besides <laughs> yeah. Steve, I don't really make out with too many regular dudes. So yeah. let, let's see what this is about, you know.
2: Well, and also he's like a warrior like her you know except for the not killing people part and that makes me think she'd b- probably be like not make out with him like what you don't kill motherfuckers what the fuck's wrong with you you're a <laughs> warrior you kill people when you got to on the field of battle
1: i just feel like there there's always this need to create sexual tension with wonder woman and it's yeah it's, yeah, yeah. It gets weird. you know it's like yeah it's either you know, she's coming on strong and somebody gets, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, around her or like somebody's infatuated with her and she just has to be all kind and nice as they trip all over themselves. And it's like, we get it. She's supposed to be like unbelievably beautiful. Uh, like, I don't know. I None of that shit ever rings true to me. Well dude, yeah. I, that's that's why though,
0: uh, and this is my I guess my feminist treatise to talk talk about my soy boy stuff. I'm throwing up two fifty. Come at me, bro. No, mm. uh not quite yet. But anyway, the bottom line is fucking it's always been better. For Wonder Woman to be taller than Superman. We talked about this on our bodies episode. Yep. But I'll reiterate it here. Wonder Woman is taller than Superman. She looks down at the top of Superman's fucking head. Okay? That's what it is. God damn it. <laughs> and when she comes in the room with her fucking Amazon chicks shit like that. People. It's like a gang. She's a one man gang. Coming into your shit. And she's got all this like the shit she's got on is a thousand years old dude she looks like she's from another place cuz she is she she looks like she she always looks like she's doubled in from somewhere cold you mm. know what i'm saying like she's mm. fucking hard as fuck dude and yeah. like that isn't I'm sorry, dude, you can be as cool as you want to be. You're not going to roll up to wonder woman, talk about, Hey, what's up, baby, or leering at her or no shit like that. Cause you'll take your fucking eyes out of your head. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It should be kind of scary to really get it. <laughs> over.
2: It should be kind of scary. That just sounds hot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <Sounds> <laughs> yeah. I, and uh, trust me, a lot of people would find it super hot, but I think they'd find that hard to express, you know, which yes. is why, you know, which is why well, it would be great for a guy to get with her. Finally.
2: And let's let's good let's get to the the Batman one that we know is the most classic one which is Selena Kyle uh, Catwoman. How do, how do y'all feel about it?
0: It's also a new addition though, man. It used to be a will they won't they a true. weird villain, you know, dominatrix sort of thing. And then I guess around Batman returns, they really started taking it really seriously cuz she's like a woman character. That could mm. that would be a villain that could be on equal pa- planes with him, and then from that point, it's just like the them being a serious ship shot way up. You know what I'm saying?
1: Even, even you know, I, I I mean I don't think it was ever really played as like a serious thing until um, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee did Hush. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that was really the first time it was posited as like, right. oh no, these two want to have a relationship with each other because there was mm-hmm. a. There was always the will, they won't they? But it was very much like the Earth a Kit Adam West thing of like, yeah, when she's doing crime, she's also slyly hitting on him because she's just that sexual and that confident. like it and, and and even if you look at Batman Returns, yeah, I guess it graduated a little bit beyond that because, like they gave Selena Kyle the weird dual personality. And so, yeah, in her normal personality, she was romancing Bruce Wayne. But again, this whole idea that, like, Batman and Catwoman were actually compatible in something other than that very arch, like, meow way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think it was until Hush. I think you're right. Yeah. And like I said, uh, there there was a draft of the Batman
0: screenplay written by Bob Kane that ends with Catwoman and Batman being chilly chill with Robin at the end and all this kind of shit. Oh, wow. But it's because in that adventure, they, like... Gall got together to beat the Joker and the Joker had like kidnapped a Russian um, athlete to make him not win in the Olympics. That's literally what Ah, ah, is in it. Uh, (laughs) uh, So like, yeah, all this kind of weird shit, but yes, they flirted with it and it was always something that they would do in specialty things. Like it was always a specialty thing, a, a show, a movie, a one-shot, a this, yeah. a else worlds, oh. a future. They yes. would play around with that, you know. Well,
1: it, that was that was the original origin of the Huntress, was that she mm-hmm. was she was the Earth 2 like retired. When Batman retired, he married Catwoman and their baby was Huntress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That was where it came from.
0: All right, nice. So Oh, and his um, his worst lady is Barbara Gordon. That is awful. I hated agreed. it when Ooh. it happened. It's the worst fucking vomit.
2: She's too young, it's all wrong. Awful.
1: Well, so Jim
0: Gordon shot him in his mouth. I would be okay with it. I'd be like, I guess there's a few less muggings gonna be stopped tonight uh, because of this guy. That
1: there's a relationship that Bruce Tim got very wrong in his animated projects because by all accounts, he's the one who's been pushing that shit. So Uh, that was the wrong thing to do, Bruce Tim. Yeah, was gross. Yeah, well,
0: Well, he's he's only batting 980. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah,
1: exactly. he threw one spare in his otherwise perfect bowling game. Can I can I bring up since we just brought her up, Batgirl definitely should not be with Batman, but uh-huh. do we, do we like Barbara Gordon Dick Grayson or do we like Dick Grayson Starfire? Oh
0: man. I, I personally I think it really needs to be like a hardcore three way, not a three, excuse me, <laughs> a, a, a hardcore love triangle. Yeah, I okay. think that would be great for comics. And I think it'd be like, they're both kind of coming at him, but he is so Peter Parker'd up at the time. Like, you know, like a real storyline of them being like, well, who are you going to commit to? I can't commit to either of you. Cause I'm fucking like literally going through all the shit. And they're just like, man, He's stringing me along. Both of them can independently be like, you've been stringing me along for 20 fucking years, dude. Like, hmm. what the fuck? And he's like, you don't understand, man. Batman gave me a task to go to outer space to beat the Martians or whatever the fuck his real mission is that he can't tell everybody because it's so super secret. You know, just give him some Peter Parkerism that he can't, he can't really be with either of them. I think they could milk that real good for, like, kind of maybe a couple years. And then when he finally picks... 500-issue chromium cover, baby.
1: You know what I mean? We got the J.P. Campbell of, cover. We got the... Yep, yeah. yep.
2: There could be a little bit of uh tension between the two as well, the two girls, because it'd be like, uh you know, uh, Barbara Gordon is insecure because she doesn't have powers and isn't, uh, you know, basically a goddess. But at the same time, the goddess is kind of like, yeah, but how is he going to relate to me? You well, know, it's like,
1: also... I mean, I always liked that dynamic. And granted, you can't play it forever. But back in the Teen Titans days, like she was extremely naive to how life on Earth even worked. And so there was a little bit of like he was teaching her how to be an Earthling. And so there was this weird power imbalance. So it's like she almost formed a crush on him like a kid would on their teacher, even though they were contemporaries. And so like that's a weird thing to navigate but then mm-hmm. it's like him and Barbara Gordon by virtue of both being part of the bat family or whatever, almost have this very like collegial brother, sister relationship. And it's like, is there something more there? Is that weird? Like, I don't know. So I, I, guess just to what you're saying, Ed, like neither one of them, I think is a perfect fit necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like milking that, ah, uh, which way do I go? Makes a lot of sense.
0: Hmm. What's that? Who, who do you pick? Barbara Gordon? like so the swing in the night. They're, they're, that, their book is very much, I mean Nightwing's book is very much Nightwing and, and Batgirl at this point.
2: Yeah, it is. I think they probably I think that probably makes the most sense.
0: I think there has to be a big knockdown drag out fight though where we get to see Barbara Gordon beat up Starfire to like really kind of lay that to bed. You know, <laughs> just, she pulls she pulls a Batman and just new n- nerfs her powers or something. But it's still really hard because Corey can really still fight sure barbara still beats her and this is like ah you motherfucker you know and then she like gives her her powers back and then homegirl throws a look at dick and dick's just like oh well my bitch one bye (laughs) and then she just and then her and then barbara goes and good riddance and turns her powers back on and she powers up her blast like she's gonna blow up barbara and then she just shoots him at the ground and flies away Mm. and there you go like a like a woman of honor and
2: then I she mean, goes and begs Lobo. <laughs> oh, I was yeah, going to say, literally, I was going to bring Lobo up for that. And the main man is like, oh, "I was going to give you more orgasms, anyways."
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me? Lobo doesn't give anybody orgasms. Lobo's a in it for point. himself. Lobo yeah, is no, a right. selfish lover. Like, let's let's put that on the record. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. He's probably terrible in bed. Yeah. Uh, Jackhammers the entire way through. Like he's just in there going, he's at 10 the whole time. Um, I will say, though, if you're committed to having Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon be together, I think that's a great opportunity to sort of do that Reed Richard Sue Storm thing where, like, don't just ease them into being the perfect couple because you've had so many years of will they, won't they. Like, let that be a realistic relationship because at this point, Like, you're not beholden to, you know, the fandom's idealized version of what their relationship is supposed to be. So I like the fact that it's like they drift apart. They drift back together. They get pissed at each other. They're tempted. Like, do all of it. I think that's a great opportunity there.
2: Ollie hits on her uh, as Oliver, uh, not as Green Arrow. (laughs)
0: Yeah, She yeah. doesn't have the detective skills to see beyond that goofy mask. That
2: domino
1: <laughs> mask, man.
2: Oof.
0: Just throws uh, you off.
1: Throws you really off really confusing. You
2: can't tell that, who that is at all.
0: Dude, that and glasses. Best disguise ever. Ever. Perfect. <laughs> it's pretty much perfect.
2: So, okay, let's get to some of the big ones because we're, we're, we're getting deep here. So, let's just go ahead and bring in, since you said the glasses, let's just do Lois Lane and Superman
0: well I mean I know that Bill can defend the relationship I will just say for my part I I didn't used to like it and I really thought that she was a sociopath and I really thought that like a lot of times she got herself in jams and she just knew that she always had this god blanket and I really hated that and I think she they made her do shit for like Superman's attention for like years and it was oh, yeah. really fucked up but in recent years I have kind of come around to um she is like a real writer and a fighter for others. She doesn't have to go down to the docks to take pictures. Cause that's not even what reporters do. Like she's like Woodward and Bernstein. If she gets threatened on some level, it's because she told the truth. And his yeah. whole thing is truth justice of the American way. So her thing being about truth and his thing being about truth is like really cool. And I've, I've really come around on the relationship in that respect
1: if you're going to give any relationship a pass just because of inertia, it should be this one. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think first of all, Lois Lane set the template for better or for worse of what the superhero's girlfriend should be. And I think, you know, with exceptions, like she has really evolved as a character in step with Superman. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess to the writer's credit over the many years, like, their relationship never settled into that bland milk toast thing of like, of all the other DC heroes that we just talked about. You know what I mean? And I'm still not entirely sure that I love them being married, but again, the writers have at least used that to take the Superman stories in an interesting direction. Like Superman as a dad, I kind of don't want to love it, but you got to admit that it, it works and yeah. like, hmm. you know what I mean. And like, there's nothing about it that feels forced or shitty or like, oh man, this really, this really limits the stories or anything like that. Because I think he, going back as far as the 50s, right? Like Superman has always sort of been portrayed as like the dad you wished you had anyway. A hundred percent.
2: And you, I and mean, he, you know that dude would want to be a dad too, with yeah. having not had his parents. He and but also having Pa and Ma Kent, the, the greatest, you know, some of the best parents you could possibly have as as a, a adoptive parents. A hundred percent, the dude would want to be a, a dad like he definitely would do that and he'd be good at it, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I can make an argument in the other direction, but I, I'm, I'm not going to. And I, I see where you're coming from there. And I think that like that Superman and Lois series is a great example of like, yeah, if you mm-hmm. take the character as he's been written and has, he's existed for a long time. He would be a good dad. And like,
0: it's cool. And not to put too fine a point on it, but his relationship to Lois is representative of his relationship to the earth. Yes. You know, and I just think his commitment to Lois is emblematic of his commitment to the earth. You know what I mean? To the point where, boy, when she dies, I think he might take a fifty-year vacation from us, buddy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, I agree. uh, You know, and and he might take his kid if, and maybe, and if his kid is like, nah, man, I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna be Superman. He's like, all right, bro. Well, you got it. I trained you good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And if all else fails, just go real fast, go back in time. You know what I'm saying? I did that shit one time. Anyway, bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah look I I agree with that completely everything you just said Ed I, I've always conceptualized Lois Lane as being like when Su- when Superman was growing up and he first got his powers and maybe he's 23 years old and he's just out exploring the world and trying to figure out who he should be and what he means and what it all means. it's like all the beauty he sees in human beings and the thing that he believes, Human beings can and should be given the best circumstances like that's Lois Lane. Like when he meets her, he's like, oh, my God, like you are everything I believe in. And Mm. I think vice versa. That's what she sees in him. I've always felt like Lois Lane is a cynical, hard bitten reporter, partly because like she's never known any she's never known any good people. Like and and to put a fine point on it, and this is not an anti-feminist thing, but it's like she's never known any good men because she was raised by a military father who was totally negligent and absent. Her mother, by all accounts, wasn't a very good mother. So she's out getting into trouble. She's constantly being disciplined. She's moving all over the world because her father's taking these different jobs. Then it's like. When she does start dating or whatever, or not even dating, but like when she starts going out and trying to work as a reporter, she's just mired in corruption and people like Lex Luthor and these duplicitous assholes with too much money and too much power that she's trying to bring down a peg. And even somebody like, you know, even if you look at the Daily Planet, like Perry White is kind of a grumpy old asshole who doesn't really listen to her. Jimmy Olsen's like a naive idiot who she needs to like drag along with her. And Clark Kent is like this bumbling doofus who doesn't know what he's doing. So it's like every like she's so used to being disappointed that she doesn't dare hope that like people can be as good as she wishes they could be. And suddenly Superman shows up and in a weird way for her, it's like, oh, my God, you're everything I, I'm, I don't let myself believe in. And, it, and mm. I, that's why I think it's, you know, the early days of that relationship is something that really gets blown past a lot in our modern era. And I'm looking directly at you, Man of Steel, where it's like immediately you just get rid of the secret identity and everything. And they're ready to get married by the end of the first movie. It's like that thing of Lois Lane having to convince herself or having to be convinced, like, no, this guy is for real. His shtick is for real. He means it you can actually trust him and count on him. I think that's something that is like a huge journey for her as a character. And I yep. think in a lot of the best versions of the story, you see it. And I think that that's great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. I don't well think said. you can say it better than that, Bill. That's pretty,
1: pretty great. <laughs> I've thought a lot about those characters so as, 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 yeah. a- been proven time and again in this podcast.
0: <laughs> well, and also I did want to say there is a parallel in the Frank Miller's estimation of Batman and Catwoman. As far back at and in you know uh, Batman Year One, uh, selena is beating up some some guy doing her dominatrix thing, and and the guy goes, oh, "You you hate men," and she's like, "I never met one," mm. you know. And mm. so when that selena Kyle meets Batman. There is, I mean, you can call it patrician or patriarchal or 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 just, like, he's cool and he inspired her. But, like, the fact is she didn't think putting on a costume and jumping around our rooftops was a viable fucking thing until Batman came along. And when he did, she was like, of course, I know karate. I, beat, I could beat up dudes. I got this slick profile. I could leap very far. I could do that, too. I'll just put on this costume. I'll be a cat. He's a fucking bat. I'll be a cat. There's something really cool about them like uh, like making each other he makes the joker he makes her. Yeah. There's something cool about that and her, you know, getting out of that shadow obviously and subsequent adventures of getting her own books and doing her own thing is super cool too. It's like how um uh, Dick Grayson's one of the more rounded characters in comics we've talked about that cuz he's had such an opportunity to be be a kid, be a slightly older kid, be a kid in a leadership position, be a kid in a leadership position, throwing away your mentor, get a new identity, you know, have different girlfriends, r- rise rise rise, become the be Batman, when Batman. Yeah, yeah become bat- when Batman when Batman goes away, he's just graduated every step you you know as a character and that's what makes him round and Catwoman in a similar way, she's been around so long. That she's got to be a lot of stuff. And now she went through sort of a sidekick period. And then Clef Ch- Cliff Chang wrote a uh, a book uh, that's pretty sick by all accounts about like her in the future. And like it's like kind of all the shit I always imagined like everybody's dead or old and fucked up. And Catwoman's still jumping around trying to solve this giant mystery with no help from the Bat family because like she's the hero of this story. How the, I never would have imagined that back in the days where she's just licking people and flipping and whipping bullshit.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah. no, and that's interesting because that brings me to another character that I think has gone through an interesting arc, made tons of people argue about healthy relationships Mm -hmm. and then led into some other interesting relationships. Maybe you have a guess, but it's Harley Quinn. Yeah. So Harley Quinn and the Joker were the first couple that people were like, oh, my God, they're so cute. And then they started thinking about it and realizing that, no, this shit was very unhealthy
1: and not good. Uh, well, to the point that the fan backlash drove what the company did with the character.
2: Yeah. Which I think is genuinely uh, wonderful. Every once in a while, fans get it right. And, and uh, that they reacted to it and made it something different is completely interesting. Now, now she's with Poison Ivy, a different version of Poison Ivy 2. Um, you know, there's, there's the real evil poison ivy's, which is like, sometimes doesn't work as well. Um, but the sort of anti-hero poison ivy and the anti-hero Harley Quinn, um, slash villain Harley Quinn, uh, is really interesting and a kind of beautiful arc and change of relationship and a genuinely cool character moment because it takes someone who you would think is incapable of growing as a character because she's looney tunes and puts her into a different world that gives her a chance at happiness. So that's, that's kind of a cool character arc.
1: I, for a long time sort of resented that fan backlash because I thought the idea of like the Joker having his version of the, his girl Friday who essentially was like it fucked up and, and, On the receiving end of abuse and like was, you know, trapped whether she would admit it or not in this horrible relationship was a good thing for a villain. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna defend it as being like healthy or anything, but I just, but I like it makes sense for a villain. Yeah. 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 And so I, I resented the fact that she both lost her awesome costume, first of all, but the fact that like we, you know, we were so quick to try to. I don't know, fix this problem that it's like we lost the opportunity for a really cool dynamic with those characters. All that said, that Harley Quinn animated show really turned me around and I fucking love the Harley Quinn Ivy relationship as portrayed on that show. Yes, yeah, specifically I love that. That's
2: very entertaining and it's it's like lightheartedly dark in a way that gets away that makes the whole thing seem fun. And, and and energetic and not like ridiculous because normally poison ivy is just trying to, you know, take over the Gotham or the world and put more plants in it.
1: <laughs> well, and it's funny because in that show, they really hold true to that. Yeah. It's just that she, she sort of tempers herself because she realizes she also has feelings for this person. And so it's like, she has to become a more well-rounded person too, which is nice. I
0: think I saw this tweet and it was like, if you hate Harley Quinn, you know, you, you might need to be investigated on some level because like, you know, it's just like it's, it's kind of this weird indicator. It's like a bellwether for sort of a a, a weird sort of a, a fixation on like, ah, this chick stumbled in. But uh, I think uh, to not to not be, oh, she's my favorite character is perfectly valid, given the in old time wrestling, they introduced the rock. And they made him beat everybody instantly. And the mm. fans hated it. They were like, what the fuck is up with this, dude? And I just really think for a lot of fans, Harley Quinn just kind of, I'm the best. Why are you the best? I man, I, I was a gymnast and I just I flip and I write in my notebook and I flip and then I put on the costume and I'm the best. I could beat up Catwoman. I fight Batman, I do everything. Man, I got mallet, cartoon physics, you know, all this shit. And I just felt like I would have loved um, her just being, I don't know, from another dimension and and coming here and falling in love with the Joker or something. You know, something. She's just crazy, powerful, ill thing or whatever. But her being some gal who fell in love with the Joker and now all of a sudden she can fight everybody and do all this hot shit. I never really bought that. Never really liked it. You know what she needs,
2: Ed? What? A training montage.
0: Yeah, I spent seven years in Malaysia learning from Bronze Tiger. (laughs) He taught me to uh, craft my god jujitsu.
2: I mean, as but, soon as I knew I was going to work at the the Arkham Asylum, why? What, <laughs> yeah. what else am I supposed to do? I gotta learn to fight. <laughs> Dude,
0: that, oh, that would be a funny backdoor explanation. But yeah, I just yeah. never really liked it. But I will say, just the devil may care, Deadpoolification of her in in like movies and different stuff. To say that that's not appealing is, is to be disingenuous, and and the cartoon, especially the cartoon, takes all the stuff from the movies that works and then piles on a bunch of interstitial. It's like a, it's like how the cartoons supposed supposedly uh, help the prequels. You know, they just really shored up her character. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Oh, so is one of your favorite um, characters of all time, Anakin and Padme?
0: They're Ooh. definitely not going on my list of greatest no. lavas. <sighs> no. No, no. no. There's literally
2: no no but, none. There but was you know no what? tension. There was no Dude,
0: Is Han and Leia on anybody who's not all the way up Star Wars' ass. Are they on a list of greatest lovers? Let's imagine let's examine their relationship. First movie, she doesn't like them. Second movie, they're like a love in the middle. Third movie, you know, he's blind and shooting stuff, and then, they, yay! And then, he, and then and he's it, getting stabbed. And it, it does appear,
2: <laughs> it does appear that he fucking knocked her up, and then fucking jetted, pieced out. He was like, yeah. "Have fun raising my baby. I'm gonna go <laughs> smuggle again." Like, yeah, what me, the fuck? Me and my
0: dog gonna go jump in the ride and go go riding for the horizon.
1: <laughs> Dude, I'm yeah. I am telling you, Star Wars was completely devoid of any sexual chemistry until fucking Kylo and Rey started making eyes at each other. That was the You're first right. time in the entire fucking saga that you actually bought some degree of sexual chemistry on screen.
0: And it's a it's a Palpatine. Palpatine, the palpable chemistry, Palpatine chemistry, (laughs) (laughs) you know, a Palpatine and a Skywalker, you know what I'm saying? Uh, A fallen in love. And that's what really ends it. Oh my God. I never thought of it that way. I for real have never thought of it that way until just now. My like, God, they are fight, they fight because like the whole when we rebooted Star Wars, me and Billy fighting over it being the dumb Palpatine show. Palpatine <laughs> sucks. I was just so mad about Palpatine being just in every iteration of Star Wars. But like, damn it, if it didn't come all the way back around, like the Palpatines and the Skywalker's have been fighting for years to no effect. But when they start trying to fuck and do, heal each other with force magic, that's really intimate. Then the whole shit gets solved. It should be Star Star Lovers, not Star Wars.
1: <laughs> that's that's the new trilogy that they're making. Star Lovers.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, okay, what are the ones that are that remain that are good? Uh, is Scott and Jean an actual good couple, or is it just massive inertia? Oof, and history.
1: I think Maybe there's so- more there than just history. Go oh, ahead, Ron. I want to hear what you're going to say.
2: Yeah, my problem is my first instinct is just to be like, nah, they suck because Scott sucks. And does he, though? Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess there's moments of cool Scott stuff. You're right. I'm judging too harshly. There are great moments where Scott does cool stuff. You're 100% right. All right. And, and, and they, do, they are an interesting couple because they support each other in such a way that they make each, one, each other better. And 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 I, I feel like that's one of those things that you miss when you when you read and or watch any of the stuff with Gene uh, Grey and Scott is that they do seem to te- as a team, as a partnership, really work and make each other just so much better at every
1: other thing they do. See, that's interesting. I always felt the opposite. I always felt like I always felt and maybe this is just because I got red pilled by Grant Morrison's new X-Men. But like, oh, fair, fair. I, I always felt like, if anything, they were a couple within the story. They like they were diegetically a couple just because of inertia. Like they were the two kids you knew in high school who were like ready to get married in sophomore year. And then by the time it's like you're maybe meeting the person you want to marry when you're like 26, they've already been together for 10 or 12 years. And yep. it's like now they're just old people together, despite the fact that they're in their mid 20s. And it's like there's a sense of safety and security, especially when you're essentially, you know, fighters in a freedom fighting team that like, well, you know, at least we have each other and we know that we're always gonna be there, even if you're growing into two totally different people. And so to me, mm. that was always kind of an interesting part of the drama with those characters was that like maybe they did want it, like maybe Gene Gray did need to go off and bang Wolverine, and maybe Scott did want to go and find someone darker and more fucked up. And it was like their desire for like safety and comfort and a sense of home was almost holding them back in that way interesting and and i think that's a shitty dynamic to be trapped in but again when you're looking at fiction it's a great source of drama
2: and a great way to grow uh as people when you realize that that safety is is holding you back yeah and then you go to emma frost and have weird freaky mind sex
1: which literally yeah. happened.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I also think like the whole. Let's just talk about the damn Wolverine thing because I really thought that back in the days it made more sense before we kind of knew that Wolverine was like a hundred and something years old.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When you saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. A, a, As it is, it almost doesn't make sense because you know he's at least thirty something, and how mm-hmm. old is Jean Grey?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. depending on continuity. 18 So everything from like 18 to like 24, given whatever continuity, but like definitely yeah. not right when he met it's, her. It's she like kind of legal, he but
2: like it's one of those things where he dang yeah. cooked her on up a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 well
0: said. <laughs> I cooked her up.
2: Just <laughs> it. It, it was a little creepy, but, but everybody, the, the problem is with Wolverine is that everybody ends up with Is kind of creepy because he's just too goddamn old. Once you start learning about it, it's like a vampire situation. It,
0: yeah, (laughs) it it really is. Him being him, what what could he relate to? What you know? He's just like, hey, I started watching this. All in the family. You like this? They're like, "Uh, (laughs) what? I like watch. I watch iCarly. What's that on uh, TV Land? You know, (laughs) like he's just so fucking old. Even as he tries to be
1: bothered. It's just too old. See, so that's I, yeah. And again, being a little bit of a devil's advocate here, cause I don't even know if I'm fully on board with this. One of the things that you could say to argue in favor of that relationship in the grand tradition of X-Men being soap opera, Wolverine could maybe look at Jean gray and really just feel you're better than this fucking guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like like Wolverine doesn't necessarily want to marry her, but he's so determined to just convince her, like, don't be with, like, you don't, don't have be to be with me, bag. but yeah, don't be with him, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And so, like, if if that's more his, like, he does want to bang her because he's just that guy, but, like, yeah. his angle is less about, like, Marry me and to get and we'll be together forever. It's more just about listen. Like you sh- don't don't be with this asshole. Like look at him, he's an absolute prick. And he's that- like running up to her in the danger room, talking about. Like, I-, I made you this
0: mixtape. Listen to it. And she plays the first <laughs> track. Is she really going out with him? Hundred <laughs> percent. I wish I had Jesse's girl.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. Also, Wolverine just being Rick Springfield singing Jesse's Girl is always just a good role for Wolverine too. Like yeah, I yeah, like that. Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah, uh, you know the one in in this whole milieu. I, I'll just say it for my money: the only actual good relationship I've seen in all this, and I'm talking about Peter and Kitty it was cute for like four seconds, but then you start getting into the age thing. And back then things were different and Claremont didn't really, you know, whatever, but the bottom yeah, line yeah. is, th- yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then like even stuff like uh Peter goes off to uh, the secret wars and, and this alien chick heals him, and he like falls in love with her, but he doesn't really realize. I don't think that it's part of her like pheromones and shit that he's going to fall in love with her, but he really felt that it was real and he really felt conflicted. So when he goes back to Kitty, he's like, man, when I was out, fighting for my life in outer space. I fucked a bitch. My bad. And it was like this huge deal that rent them asunder so they could kind of get her away from him and do different shit. All I'm saying is a lot of these relationships in the X-Men, I'll save Lorna Dane and Havoc. There's no there there, but I love them aesthetically, Mm -hmm. and they're great. Uh, You know what I'm saying? But uh, the one that I would say is the best. Motherfucking Forge and Storm. I love it. Yes, I think sir. there's a lot of meat on that bone. I think it's one of the few. Like, she wouldn't get with somebody in the team. She would get with somebody else. She's not going to get with some crummy white boy over here. I'm sorry. But she will get with this cool Native American guy. She wouldn't. Uh, the, the, what's the conflict? Oh, I don't know. This dude made the machine that took your fucking powers. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much symbolism there because, like, that's the horrible part of being in a relationship. And trust me, as one who's been in one for a long ass fucking time, the worst <sighs> part. There's some good parts. There's great parts. The worst part is this bitch having the fucking uh, the the secret key. This bitch can lift up that giant key to the secret to the, to the uh, fortress Fort of solitude, solitude. and yeah. come in here and wreck my whole shit. It's it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary to have someone have that much. Like on you to be that vulnerable with anybody is scary. And I think that that relationship, like he can turn her, he could turn her powers off. He could take her essence away, the thing that she's been counting on since she was 13 to differentiate herself from everybody, to tie her to Gaia herself, the very earth that she trods upon, she's tied to with these powers. And he just cut that off. And it happened to be the person who like knew her the best. I don't know, man. I love that shit. That's one of Claremont's just.
2: Ah, yeah, especially perfect. because it led to some of the coolest Storm stories, period. Yep. So, mm. I mean, yeah. Storm without powers is some of the best fucking Storm stories, because she was mm-hmm. like, hey, take away my powers. I'm still a badass motherfucker, and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. she gets them back and is an even badder motherfucker. So
0: Right, and he was able to, like, help her, like, get her shit back. He he helped uh, They had the big Follow the Mutants adventure. He helped to, like, rig up these things that, like— gather this energy and shot it back into her and gave her powers back some kind of way. He like redeemed himself in that way, but she still didn't like forgive him enough to be his girlfriend anymore or whatever. There was some bittersweetness to their time at that time. Like she gave him a chance to be her boyfriend for a little while, but like once she got her shit back, she had to kind of go back to the X Band and get it on. Mm. There's it, it's it's like got so it's got a little tragedy to it too. And you yep. know, after you've had Storm, just imagine this motherfucker. Uh, he's just working on a he's, S.H.I.E.L.D. helicopter yeah. for $87,000 an hour doing something just thinking about Storm the whole time he's wrenching or whatever.
1: He <laughs> is <know>? the, <laughs> he is the, cla- what, what's the name of that? He's the, uh, oh man, there's a name for it. The Byronic hero named yeah. after Lord Byron. Like mm-hmm. he's just, for the rest of his life, he's just overcome by what might have been.
0: Mm Hmm. And he just he gets he's got a Google alert for Storm on his phone. It's like, yeah, uh, fucking Aurora Monroe marries T'Challa. He's like a fucking king Ah, of. uh,
1: uh, he doesn't show up to work at <laughs> shield for like two months goes, and goes on an ayahuasca bender to find himself dude
0: dude he wakes up he's made all kind of fucked up machines like toaster ovens
1: that are also watches and she's like what the fuck did i do on this bender Yep, yep. the only thing that snaps him out of it is when she leaves t'challa and is no longer the queen of wakanda and then he's like finally Hope Springs Eternal, baby! He's back! (laughs) Yeah. And sets up another Google Alert, and she's kissing Wolverine
0: for no reason because some (laughs) asshole writer (laughs) made her. And he's just like, Ah! Yeah, dude, I, I think Forge just as I, I think he really served a great purpose and I would even love in the future for them to kind of I know they've played with it in subsequent years a bunch of times. But I just think it getting to be status quo for a minute that gets broken apart by some other betrayal or maybe she betrays him this time or something, you know, I think it'd be really cool for her character just to kind of because she has these deep connections with only a couple of people. I think that's one great thing about Storm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I want to bring up the best couple that is obviously the best couple, and that's
1: uh, Rogue and Gambit. Oh, baby. Listen, of course, no, but... No. (laughs) (laughs) It was a joke. But I will say, the the weird um, ex-lovers thing that Rogue had with Magneto for a little while and the mm-hmm. way that complicated her will they won't they with gambit was kind of dope
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I well i i like the fact that again though th- that was uh i like the lovers who come together in weird circumstances which is why i kind of i hate speed too in my mind mm. keanu and homegirl they drive cars in daytona he works for the fucking like you know what I'm saying? He, he he works for, like, some Arizona shit town as their, like, chief cop of everything. He gets off at 5 every day. He doesn't have to do no work anymore. And he's, they go and they race dune buggies. You know what I'm saying? And they've got a couple kids. That's what happened to them. They met in these weird circumstances, but it was kismet, and it made it happen. Love it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I like that okay. shit
2: better. Agreed. I like you know? that, too. Agreed. They're good. They're a good couple.
0: I said. I said all that to say the only reason why Magneto and fucking Rogue got together is they were like stranded in the fucking Savage Land, right. had a giant ass adventure, and they shared the lineage of being distrusted former, you know, evil mutants who came to fuck up the X Men. People don't even remember Rogue starting out as a villain, but they yep. kind of shared that shared lineage, so that was really a cool thing that they could bond over.
1: But that's why I think that was an interesting, even with them no longer being lavas. Like, I think that was an interesting dynamic because what they had for that brief time was real and was rooted in in each of their characters and, like, the connection that they could legitimately make with each other. And so once they're no longer together but still have to interact, often in an adversarial way, like, that's just juicy storytelling meat right there. I love that. The X-Men are a nothing if not full of, uh, like, half-joke it- relationships. <laughs> Mystique and uh, Azazel giving birth to Nightcrawler and all that. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, no, you
0: know, you, the one that I really wish had happened, I really wish that Wolverine and Lady Deathstrike got together. I thought mm. that was really oh. funny. Because, like, yeah, yeah, she's like his cat woman that can kill him. She might even be age appropriate. She's probably like in her, at least her 50s, but has some weird process done on her to make her whatever. She's been built for death. She understands being, you know, this horrific accession thing, and he could be like, "Hey, bitch, you need to calm down, man." I, I, and he's the only one who could be like, "Like, ah, no, I must, I must murder every minute." Like, no, I used to be like that. I used to fight big green motherfuckers for no reason, man. They used to send me to do all kind of crazy shit, man. But you got to stop that now. Let's let's have this bottomless margaritas over here, and let's work it out. And I think they, they could get through to her. You know what I'm saying? And I think it could have been cool. You know. Also, yeah. her claws would need to be different than the fingernail thing. I don't like that. Let's <laughs> retcon that and have her have some other kind of claws, like X twenty three or something cool, you know. And then, I was yeah. gonna
1: say that they'd have to be the they'd have to be very careful in the bedroom. Although, I mean, he does have the <laughs> healing factor, so you know. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> there's all kind of penetration happening in that motherfucker boy.
2: <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so how about Deadpool and? Uh... Spider Man, I, I
0: love it, love it.
2: Yeah, Deadpool and Spider Man, favorite
0: couple of all time. They dress alike, they love each other clearly.
1: I love, I love Deadpool and Death as like Thanos oh, yeah. is all butthurt about it, but like Death is just constantly enamored with Deadpool. That's <laughs> perfect. There's just, there's just that one panel that shows up in memes where Death is leaning into his ear and going, "That's what she said." I don't, know, I don't even know the context and it still cracks me up. Dude, I think Thanos would be in the fucking
0: closet jacking off with the Infinity Gauntlet watching watching uh, Deadpool go to town on death.
1: Death cucks Thanos with Deadpool? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep.
1: He's just uh, like, oh, this is horrible. Keep doing it. 100%. Oh, my agony don't. knows no bounds. <laughs>
0: Oh, and you know what? Honorable mention. I gotta say honorable mention because, God damn it, I as much as they try to make Mr. Miracle a character, and I've tried oh. to as well. Yes. him and Big Barda are such a great couple. But it's Barda's doing Barda's doing more lifting than Beyonce and Jay Z. Jay Z's been a, <laughs> the one of the best rappers for twenty five fucking years in a row. Okay, oh. but Beyonce is superstar. But like, they're both superstars. I'm sorry, Big Barda is. A superstar. It's like if Beyonce was going out with like a postman or something who could escape stuff really good. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I want him to be hardcore. I, I just wish there was a storyline. And there's probably one in the Tom King run where it's just like Mr. Miracle isn't just hopping around and escaping and stuff. He's like using his escape abilities to like really help his wife out of this super big jam that even her super toughness can't do. I just, I guess I get to read that whole run and see if I can get that story because like that would put it over to me. But she just is so great. I, I I am Wolverine to Big Barda. I yeah. don't know why you're going out with him. I love you. Be with me. That's that's my jam.
1: I, I will defend Scott Free a little bit in that, like, I have always enjoyed the dynamic that Big Barda, who was essentially, like, raised in hell, you know, to be a demon, falls in love with this guy who's just kind of, like, just kind of like a dopey, happy-go-lucky. It's like... And it's, it's not that he's dopey because he, too, was raised in hell, but his whole thing is like, I'm not going to let it break me. And so I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm this happy, peppy, like, I'm not going to take anything too seriously. I can get out of any jam. And to me, I, I've always loved the idea that this this hellion, this hell fury raised in the, the fires of apocalypse falls in love with this guy just because he's such a happy go lucky little dude. Yeah, I
0: mean, I like that part. I just really ah, there's something about like I don't know, man. They're gonna do a retcon in the year thirty fifty or something that has him like do some John Wick stuff to make them escape with with, whether he like saves her from this ultimate doom, you know, or something like that. And I'll be happy with that. But I just I love Big Barda, and I just think that their relationship is cool because, um, and we've talked about it in some of our um, uh, Kirby esque episodes, uh, her and. And Scott Free can't hide. She's so big, and he's got such a big personality and a big outgoingness that they're not. They don't have any secret identities. They come to like Earth. And they're just like celebrities instantly because they're just so ill. Mm. I love that that dynamic. I wish more comics would play with with that. <laughs> you know, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a give it an editing point. Yeah, I wish more comics would play with that. Like, hey, we're just like. I, I think that's one thing I do like about Reed and, and Sue is. They're never not famous because mm. if they came back changed in that way, they'd be super fucking famous. And that it, it's part of them dealing with their love of them is the no privacy angle of it.
2: We, well, we hit on some good ones. Um, anything we you think we've missed? Um, i I'm, I'm gonna posit that maybe we should do a number two and go into movies uh, and maybe do this one as. Uh, Cause we only hit a couple movies, but I think, I think we could really do another one with movies, but any comic book characters that we think we missed.
1: I mean, I feel like there's actually some really interesting examples um, off the beaten path of Marvel and DC. You know, I've talked before about like invincible and Adam Eve being one of my mm-hmm. all time favorite comic book couples. Yeah. Uh, may- maybe, maybe that's worth a Patreon episode of just doing, you know, an extended talk about some other comic book couples. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. And
0: how do you join the Patreon? It's patreon.com forward slash the greatest pod. You could join that. And we have so much over the years. We've talked about uh, we have addendum to episodes. We have original episodes that are just for the Patreon. It's not extra pods. They're premium pods, baby.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, You can also leave us a review. It's very easy. You just go to your iTunes app or whatever app you use. And say something nice about us. Give us those five-star reviews, my friends. We need them. you got to give them to us.
0: (laughs) And uh, the other way you could uh, talk to us is uh, our email address is emailthegreatestpod at gmail.com. So please send email to us at emailthegreatestpod at gmail.com. We'd love to read your letters on air. And you know what you could do? you could like cut and paste it into your five-star review and send us the letter too. like some people are sending (laughs) us letters in, in in, as like some kind of uh substitute for leaving the review. No, 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 no. It's a two part process. (laughs) (laughs) Do the fucking review. The review helps us climb up the charts, helps more people hear us. Good folks like yourselves.
1: It's the only ethical way to use Chat GPT is to leave us a five star review. <laughs> oh, yeah, get some. That is the only
0: ethical way. Train a fucking bunch of robots to give us five star reviews. Oh, my God. Somebody out there do that. Our fan base is smart enough to fucking pull this off. Let's get this done, people. We'll love 100%. you forever.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then there's one more thing you should do, and that's buy my new album or stream my album wherever you stream stuff. It's called on the wing of a dragon. You put in Ron swallow on the wing of a dragon. You can stream it or buy it on iTunes or Amazon. All right. Uh, I'm very proud of it. It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> so until next time, this has been a, uh, an adoring amorous, lovely
1: episode of the greatest. Oh,